0: Welcome back to Raw Nomadic Lens. I'm your host, Sherry Michelle. Let's go. We are back with Kara in Quebec doing a follow-up. So let's just jump right in. Hi. Hi. How are How you are feeling? You? It's funny because our last interview, we weren't you were here and I was in Chicago. So yeah. we're actually in together. the same room together. So I've been here about three weeks and I'm getting ready to go back to Chicago tomorrow. Yeah. But um, so bring us up to speed. Up to speed. Uh, yeah, lots has happened since uh, the
1: last time you were here. Um, I ended up getting like the full diagnosis of my cancer, which ended up being stage 4A um, thyroid cancer that had uh, some distant spread to um, my spine and my liver, and as well as having um, precancerous polyps, Uh, in my endometrium in my uterus so uh, then since then then i had a full thyroidectomy thyroid surgery in july Um, and then in august i did one month of radiation uh, every day and then in september i started chemo and uh, chemo has been uh, it's been intense it's uh, two times a week for two weeks and then one week off Um, So even though it's been intense, honestly, I've had colds and things that we've had to stop quite a few times and as well as like other treatments and stuff that where they've stopped chemo for that. Um, And then I've also done a radioactive iodine therapy. So that kind of brings it up to date with all of the treatment. Um, And then just this week that you were here for, I had a Mm. little surgery uh, to take out the polyps in my, to remove my endometrium and take out the polyps out of my uterus so I'm lying on my bed with <laughs> my
0: warming blanket on uh, as we do this interview. Cozy, Cozy, cozy. And um, I know why you chose to go ahead and do treatment, traditional treatments, but can you tell the listeners all I think I have five now. Wow can you tell all five of them. <laughs> amazing
1: when we we did our first interview we were like if there's one other person out there listening and now there are five of you five of us because I'm one of your listeners oh okay (laughs) so like me and like the four others it's amazing look at us go look at us go um yeah so originally when uh they first told me I had thyroid cancer they didn't really know very much and my um My Like the specialist had originally told me, oh, you know, it looks pretty local, stage one, you know, it's not serious. So at that point, I was totally against treatment. I'm like, I'm just going to do raw, you know, if we need to do a surgery, that's fine. But like, I'll do raw and it'll be fine. And then as, you know, every scan, every biopsy, you know, it got more and more serious as the months went by. And I just felt it would be, it would have been irresponsible of me not to go through um traditional treatment um I think if I didn't have a daughter I'm a single mother Um, and I'm a really I'm a real true single mother in the (laughs) sense (laughs) that like there's no you know every other weekend like I have my daughter full-time um though I do have help her father's mother is in my neighborhood and she helps quite a bit but um I just I didn't think that I had time to do it with raw and I just thought it was such a risk Whereas it was still a risk with traditional treatment too. Like they don't know, they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) You know, they practice medicine. They practice because they're not masters. You know, they just, they just try. It's trial and error error with them too. Like I can't even tell you the amount of different chemo cocktails they've had me on. Like, let's try this one. Oh, really not that one. Let's try another one. Oh no, that one's not good either. Let's try another one. Like they've switched up so often Hmm. because they're just doing trial and error trying to figure out what's going to help. And, uh, but, but yes, (laughs) yes, there's a big, but. So, um, I know a week ago, two weeks ago, I went into my oncologist for a meeting, uh, and it was supposed to just be like an update because my surgery that I had on Thursday for my uterus was actually supposed to be a double surgery. So it was supposed to be two surgeons working together. Back to, So like the first surgeon would come in and they were supposed to remove, I had four masses on my liver. So the first surgeon was supposed to come in and remove the four masses on my liver. And then the second surgeon would come in and then remove, remove my endometrium. So like they were supposed to coordinate and work together. Hmm. But then when I went in to see my oncologist, he told me that um, well, actually I'll back up a little bit still. Mm. I'll back up even more. Okay. <laughs> so I had a full body PET scan, um, on October 6th and they told me the machine was broken, that I'd have to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, and these, are, these are long scans. These are like three hours that mm-hmm. you're lying on this super uncomfortable table and not allowed to like move a muscle. It's mm-hmm. like really not a fun, not a fun deal. And so then I went back, um, in that towards the end of October And I had another scan and um, at that scan they told me that the images were not clear, the images weren't good so they asked me or they actually when I left the hospital they said they said the images were fine and then they called me back about a week after and said the images were not clear so they had me go back and do another a third scan so and then when I finally saw the oncologist the night the day after my third scan finally he told me that the third set of scans showed exactly what the second set of scans showed, which is that there were no more masses on my liver or in my spine, that everything was clear. That the only thing that was left, so there's like the uterine polyps, but they don't see that on the scan. And then uh, there was still a little bit of residual cancer in my neck. So I still have some chemo they're talking about. They want me to do two more rounds of chemo. So eight more treatments um, because there's like a risk that there could still be cancer cells that we don't see in some lymph node far off somewhere that they're not checking so they want me to do eight more chemo treatments um and possibly some radiation but that hasn't been confirmed and possibly another radioactive iodine treatment because it was so effective the last time so we shall see Sorry. Because I've had all of this treatment I have really dry mouth <laughs> And I sound like a 60 year old smoker <laughs> Hardly so, I feel like I do I feel like anytime like kids are going to come up to me at school And I'm going to be like Don't smoke, this is what's going to happen If you smoke cigarettes Or pot
0: <laughs> Don't smoke, children I just need to take a drink <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely uh, a cause to celebrate. That was super cool. And I'm really wild that your last day of chemo was going to be one year.
1: Uh, December
0: 30th. From so, your diagnosis. Yeah, they had,
1: um, so they told me when I went in, or they, my oncologist told me when I went in that he's uh, he only wanted me to do two, two um, rounds of chemo. And then that would end on December 30th, which was just amazing because that was the day that they told me it's thyroid cancer when they still didn't know anything. They just knew this is cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I, and then I still had to do biopsies and stuff after that point. But yeah, one year to the day where this whole stress, this whole hell started. Mm hmm. But uh, finally, I have a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a cold. So my chemo is actually going to end in January, <laughs> yeah. probably. So way better than March, way better than March. Yeah. Well, originally, originally it was just March, and then we'll see. Like mm. it was never okay, this is going to end March 10th. It, it Like March tenth was the last scheduled mm. chemo session. But there was never a, then you'll be in remission. It was you're going to do chemo until March 10th, and then we'll see where you're at. Okay. Because they just, I mean, with it being in my liver and in my spine, they just didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't know. And even it was like a surprise when they saw it there, because mm-hmm. they were not expecting that at all. Okay. I mean, they did see it in my neck, in the lymph nodes in my neck, so I don't have it. They removed my thyroid and all of the lymph nodes in my neck, um, but it went straight down my chest as well, and mm-hmm. they were expecting to have to remove all of that and that's all gone as well so yeah it's amazing it doesn't feel real yet because I'm like still unwell yeah so like he told me that and then I had chemo the next day so like (laughs) I was still super sick so just like yay I'm healed and I'm sick I get it yeah so it's still yeah it doesn't quite feel real yet and I tell people and there's always like an awkward pause they're like what (laughs) really (laughs) really yeah, and I, I mean, I don't feel like I've done anything special to deserve healing or to instigate healing. I just...
0: Well, let's talk about that, though. Like, you said several days before that happened... I knew, yeah. I knew you were knew. healed. I, I did, yeah. And you've had a lot of people praying for you. Yes. And we've discussed, like, the power of prayer um, a number of times, and uh, so... I, yeah, so uh,
1: I would say more than a month ago, like, it was before I had my radioactive iodine therapy, that was, like, mid-October, um, before I went in for that, I already knew, like, I just felt that God had sent healing, and then one day I was just gonna wake up and walk in it, Mm -hmm. I felt that, Mm -hmm. but, like, you know, I'm a really religious person, Mm -hmm. so... I mean, feeling that, it, that's not something I can share with my oncologist, you know. <laughs> right. My oncologist who still does not believe, I mean, in divine healing. And yeah. I said at, at our meeting, I said, this is a divine healing. And he said, well, <laughs> it could be just the perfect combination, the perfect chemo cocktail at the right time with the radioactive iodine therapy. Everything all together just worked like exactly as we wanted it to. And then for me, no, it was this is divine healing I don't, I mean, because the masses don't just go away. What this chemo do? It chips away at it little Mm -hmm. by little, right? It makes it smaller. It doesn't go from, you know, a scan in August to having four masses to a scan in October. Suddenly they're gone. You know, like you would see them smaller or something. They don't just like disappear into the body, you know?
0: Valid point. So
1: I really feel like this is a divine divine intervention. But certainly nothing nothing I've I've done. I
0: mean, I've, well, I've done my best. Yeah. And what have you been eating? You haven't been eating cheeseburgers. You've no, been... I have
1: definitely not been <laughs> eating cheeseburgers
0: though. I think I've eaten more
1: meat in the last four months than I have in the last 10 years. Oh really? Yeah. Because, so because there were four masses on my liver, they put me on a very specific diet for my liver, um, to protect my liver. So they didn't want my liver working hard so they wanted to be me to basically have as close to zero carbs as possible and not fat free, but low fat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, which I mean, once you do that, so you can't eat any fruit whatsoever. Zero, which zero fruit. Zero fruit. Oh, I know. You. Yeah. So yeah. since I've had that news, I've been like gorging on fruit. It's been lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you say? My liver's good. good. It is. <laughs> but uh yeah so uh no fruit whatsoever I could eat unlimited raw vegetables but like there's only so many calories you can get from that and yeah. then they didn't want me eating any nuts or seeds um and
0: well okay so there's also the the fact that stuff's not being digested all that oh well, yeah so that was
1: another thing is that I pointy discovered
0: vegetables aren't comfortable no,
1: no I basically everything I ate came out in diarrhea it was I mean, even cooked food, like Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time digesting through, I mean, most of chemo so far, it's been really bad, actually. Um, Yeah, and so I was limited to very few things, like even I made this, like, really nice vegetable soup, I made it from all, like, garden fresh vegetables Mm. in September, and and I canned, like, 20 liters of it or something like that. And for days that I couldn't eat for days, I couldn't, didn't feel like I could prepare food. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I did all that, but like, I couldn't even digest that. Like that was just such a simple, basic food, but like I just, the vegetables were too large. Like if I blended it, it went a little bit better, but still it Mm -hmm. was really hard. And, uh, yeah, I just kept trying because I really love salads. Um, but it's, you know everything I ate would come out in the exact form that it went in. Oh, no. So yeah, pointy carrots, oh, <laughs> which is terrible because I love carrots. So even, I mean, the joke I had to take an enema. I had to do an enema before my surgery on Thursday, and uh, finally I didn't need an enema because I had carrots <laughs> for lunch. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like you've been so restricted and you've done really, really well yeah. with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I've been eating like the organic ground turkey. Um, sometimes I do like the protein shakes and then soup, vegetable soup. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I've been living on for the last several months. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I've been doing well on it, but like, I didn't, I don't feel like I had a choice. Like I, yeah. I have my downstairs neighbor here. She's, um, she had a breast cancer diagnosis um, two and a half years ago. And she's just on the other end. She's in reconstruction, breast reconstruction right now. Um, and they gave her the exact same advice that they gave me. They sent her to see the nutritionist and told her to follow the same chemo diet. And she didn't do it. She, you know, they eat a lot of, they order out a lot um, or they go through drive throughs And I mean, even if they were cooking at home, I think it might've been the same because it, it wasn't, you know, what they had recommended, but now she has cirrhosis of the liver because her liver just couldn't handle the chemo and, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's permanently damaged now. And yet she's too ill to go on a transplant list. So she's just kind of stuck with it, uh-huh. um, where she has to, yeah, she's not well enough to go on the transplant list yet. She's dealing with cirrhosis. So I don't know, but she's also really not open at all, but mm-hmm. <laughs> not even a little I've discussed, you know. I've discussed just eating more fruits and vegetables and even, you know, her daughter came uh, with Rosemary and I and we went to fruit picking and stuff, but like she didn't want any of it when we mm-hmm. came home, you know, like she doesn't want to eat fruit, she doesn't want to eat vegetables, she wants to eat McDonald's, so, you know, I can't really do anything there. Yeah, it know?
0: reminds me um, a lot of, I mean, I think probably a lot of people think this way. Um, I remember Ozzy Osbourne like binging on ice cream and they were like, you know, ease up dad, you know, and he's like, it's all I've got left. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not doing drugs anymore. He's not drinking. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I guess they feel like this is my last bit of pleasure. If you that's take it. this away, what's the point of any of this, which yeah. is sad, but it is sad, but that's, that's <sighs> very true. I mean, because this lady,
1: she, my neighbor she sits on her couch from the time she wakes up till the time she goes to bed and Aww. watches tv and plays candy crush on her tablet and that's her whole life so i mean what is her pleasure her pleasure is eating right yeah. so and anyways i just really i saw that and i didn't want that yeah so so I followed, I followed the guidelines and... Yeah.
0: Uh, and then some, can I just say... And then some? I don't know if it wasn't then You some. did because I've never known anybody else who was hiking and painting oh. through chemo. We yeah. did oh, though, that. we went on some yeah. real hikes. <laughs> this is the most awesome place for hikes. Yeah. Well, Schwinnigan is, I personally think. I absolutely love it there. Yeah, It's um, beautiful. But you were like, too. seriously, I mean, I know that we cut some a little shorter, but still you were doing some real hills and... Yeah. You could go the distance. Yeah. Yeah, actually.
1: Um, and now it's, I mean, a couple more weeks and I'll be able to snowshoe, but now it's like the awkward time because you can't really walk outside. Yeah, it's icy slippery. and you can't, there's not enough snow for snowshoeing, but yeah, I know it's true that, uh, I've still been able to go out and get fresh air. And I mean, not always like on chemo days and usually the day of the treatment and the day after are really rough. And then I slowly kind of get better. But Mm -hmm. because I have two a week, it's like, oh, I'm feeling better. Oh, another treatment. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, okay, am I going to go out for a walk today? I better go now. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, because it's uh, those moments where you're actually feeling well enough to go out and go out for a longer walk. Yeah, they don't happen every day for sure. But then there are some times that like, you know, after chemo, I feel good. You know, it just happens. It's random like that. I hope this
0: last bit just goes real fast and you're eight done with left. it. Eight Right? Eight. Eight, eight treatments magic left. number. I'm just so excited for you and Rosemary to, like, start your next chapter. Oh, me too.
1: Because I know she too. wants
0: things to go back to the way they were, but you guys have discussed, like, it's not going to be like it was. It's going to be better. Yes. I totally believe that. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Because um, even, even before cancer, you know, I was really held back by my weight and held back by my addiction to food that I'm also working with, like I, so in having to follow this diet for chemo is this, it like really threw my eating issues right in my face because like I, I didn't have the luxury of eating for comfort. And even, um, you know, like the little bit of like the, the few things that I digested well, as soon as I ate too much, well, I got sick Mm -hmm. either I was throwing up or had diarrhea. Like I just didn't have that, coping mechanism that I've used for the last 40 years, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it really, it's really made me re, not just reevaluate, but like dive deep into yeah. why I overeat, um, why I, you know, don't choose the right foods all the time. And, and I like, I've had to deal with that. And so like, for me personally, I've been working with overeaters anonymous and it's been very helpful. Um, and I have a, I actually, you don't even know yet, but I just have a, a counselor that I um, finally got in to see who she works with, uh, all sorts of issues. But like, we're going to be talking about like the emotional impact of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, like this whole thing of, okay, I'm healed, but like, I don't feel healed. Mm. I still feel like I'm sick, you mm. know? So it's like, we're going to deal with that as well as some eating issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel like this is, this uh, this time of illness has been such a gift Mm -hmm. to me because it's made me deal with these things that I was never dealing with. And this is going to, you know, break this generational cycle of of addictive behavior in my family Mm -hmm. because I'm dealing with it and I'm not going to pass this on to my child. You know, when I look at the rest of my family who are all either drug addicts alcoholics or obese you know because um, of
0: the homocysteine anemia yeah homocysteine yeah so i have an
1: autoimmune disease called homocysteine anemia. and uh, basically it means that you don't digest b vitamins very well and which b vitamin you don't digest is dependent on your own personal biochemistry you know so um, I had to do all this DNA testing to find out which which B vitamins I don't digest well. So it's I'm different from my brother, different from my mother. But uh, funny, we all have B12 to, in common, but mine is B2, B6, and B12. Those are the three B vitamins that I'm not able to digest. Um, so I can't get them from food at all. And uh, so either I can take, uh, you know, sometimes sublingual, it, wor- it works. But like, let's say if you... Um, like if I'm going to need 2000, uh, micrograms of B12, uh, sub sublingual, well, then I'm going to have to take 5,000 in hopes to absorb 1000, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's, it just, I just don't have the enzymes necessary to absorb B2, B6, B12. So, Mm um, there are some, um, shots that I can get in my butt Mm -hmm. (laughs) at at the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't been doing that for a while. I just haven't, yeah, I haven't kept up on it. I do take, um, sublingual vitamins. Um, and
0: like, that's, that's all I've been doing since, since I, I was diagnosed with cancer, but, uh. So it presented in different ways for the different family members. Right. Well, but always I mean, an
1: addiction, but different yeah, addictions, I mean, different addictions, but like we all have addictive behavior. And really when you look at a lack of absorption of B12 specifically, it affects your mental health so much mm. like you're if you if you have a b12 deficiency you're much more likely to be depressed to have anxiety and to have addictive behavior um and this is something that like people people don't look at this like mm. an even it's only been a few years since i've known that i've had this autoimmune disease mm-hmm. and uh it was not diagnosed by traditional a traditional doctor it was diagnosed by a naturopath in australia who happens to be like the naturopath that that has been working with homocysteinemia. anemia okay. and my it was my brother my brother had a heart attack when he was 35 I think so my my mom has had like four heart attacks um oh. yeah and she's still ticking. <laughs> oh. but uh and also you know lack of b vitamins can also cause uh, heart problems oh, <laughs> so wow. she had my mom has had four heart attacks my brother had a heart attack at 35 and he was I mean So he's a musician, which means that he's often paid in booze. (laughs) So he drinks heavily um, two nights a week-ish. So other than like drinking heavily a few nights a week, other than that, he's incredibly healthy, which sounds funny to say. But like, you know, he's a runner. Mm -hmm. He runs and they eat uh, organic, mostly plant-based foods. And, you know, he's really careful about his health other than heavy drinking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, you know, why at 35 did he have a heart attack? So it was him, he really dove deep into it and then came across a whole bunch of information and with his blood test finally uh, sought out this particular natural path, which sure enough, after some some uh, blood tests, um, they found out that he did have that and that it was a genetic trait. So then we all got tested in our family and sure enough, my mom has it, I have it. And one of my cousins also did the test and he has it. And I would assume that, You know, looking at our family line, so my mother's father's family, they all died of alcohol-related diseases, Um, and my my grandfather as well had uh, a problem with alcohol, you know, my aunt has a problem with alcohol, my other cousin is addicted to crystal meth, another cousin is an alcoholic, my mom has had alcohol, my brother has, you know, had lots of drug addiction with alcohol for me, it's been food. I've never gone down the road of alcohol or drugs, but like, it's just another addiction. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, it's amazing though, that when, when I am, you know, careful with my B vitamins and, and conscious that I'm getting enough and, and I'm getting my blood tests done regularly. And it's it like, I do, I feel like a different person. Mm-hmm. I don't have that same it's like it lifts, it lifts like the blah out of me okay. where like I, I can feel my motivation Definitely. and I, how I want to do well in my life and I'm willing to work for it versus when I'm not, when I'm my B vitamins are not balanced all often, and just, you know, just let life pass me by and sit on the couch. So like because, the apathy I talk about. Yeah. Apathy. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yes. Maybe you want to get tested. Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think like this had to happen in order to change like the rest of your life. Yeah. With Rosemary, like I it's totally be see so that different. Um, it's, and, it's,
1: and in it's lots cute. of other ways as well, like um I really st- struggle with um self being self-sufficient, um and never asking for help, never depending on oh, other people. Yeah, yeah. And this has been a huge learning process and, you know, a chance to grow emotionally and allowing other people in, you know, and allowing other people to yeah, be part of my life, you know, whereas I, I mean, I have a lot of quote unquote friends, but very few people that I let into like my little inner circle of craziness.
0: Ah, yeah. I feel so honored. <laughs> I did kind of push my way in, but yeah, you literally pushed your way in. Yeah. I asked if you would let me come. Yeah. But I also, before I said that, I was like, I think you're in real trouble.
1: Yeah, right, Uh, sitting in my bathtub, my bloody bath. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this time I really didn't do much. It was more just like moral support and hanging out. Yeah, it was just kind of hanging out. I think I only made dinner for Rosemary one time. Oh, really? Yeah. That was it? But that was nice.
1: <laughs> that one time was nice. <laughs> I got to just hang out in bed after chemo. Yeah.
0: Well, and I really wanted to make sure this surgery went okay because we thought yeah. it was going to be a double it, yeah, surgery. Yeah, it was supposed to be, well, it was supposed to be like major surgery.
1: Yeah. Um, but finally, with my liver being fine and that part of it being canceled, it was just like a morning deal. I went in in the morning and was, that home, was unreal. home by 1 p.m. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable when I got home, but like the real pain started later. (laughs) Yeah, When everything from surgery wears off. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was
0: going to be. I was, I I mean, cool as a cucumber on the outside, but quite nervous on the inside. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I was very nervous. But, but I didn't want to talk about any of the stuff I was nervous about it. I wanted I was like she seems okay. I'm gonna be okay because I don't want to drag her down at all no. with anything to worry about. so yeah, you're both just faking it till we make it. Yeah well, you know there's some
1: there's some merit in that yeah you know fake it till you make it. it's uh I mean, I kind of feel like that's with I and mean, the whole fake it till you make it thing is also you know be consistent until you see your goals. Yeah. you know it's just do what you do what you would like to see yourself doing. Yeah. You know, What's the
0: series that we've been watching? The Brain one? series? Oh, uh, Rewired. Rewired with by... Joe Dispenza? Yes. Yeah, it's that's been, been excellent. Good. That's yeah. been a fun thing, too. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like, I I mean, I mean, have adopted a lot of the things that I've learned from that series. Like, I meditate, mm-hmm. um, well, I pray and meditate, and I do deep breathing. And especially, like, even for my surgery, they finally, I ended up having an epidural um and they just they decided against general anesthesia for some circumstantial reasons and uh, it, like that I had like nurse Betty student mm. student student learning how to do an epidural because I've got all these pokes in my back she just kept oh. trying and trying and trying and couldn't get it so now I'm here I'm lying on my bed because my back is very sore but mm. uh Anyways, but just, you know, deep breathing. And I heard I could hear my heartbeat too the whole, the whole time. So, like, every time my heartbeat would get a little faster, I'd be like, you slow down your breaths. Deep, wow. slow breaths. Calm that down. So, yeah, no. A lot, and it's helped me a lot. Like, even through chemo, you know, and you get, like, a, this huge wave of nausea overcomes you. Ugh. Just slow, deep breaths, and it'll go away, you know. it's But these are things that, like, I never would have thought of cardiac coherence on my own you Uh. know (laughs) these are all things that we got from that series yeah
0: you were so strong before all of this like now it's like supercharged you are but yeah I think
1: I think I had a lot of uh, gumption but uh, like I feel like I have so many more tools in my Mm. toolbox now that Nice. are they're going to help me as a, as a parent, as a teacher, you know, in my own, my own path for my own health and, and, uh, goals in life. Um, yeah, I just feel like I've learned so much through this, like cancer, like really, it's been an incredible blessing. Thanks, um, cancer. thanks <laughs> cancer. No, but on, like no sarcasm, right? This has been an amazing journey. Um, I mean, I can't say that. I've I've I can't say I've enjoyed any of it. Right. <laughs> this has not been a pleasant experience. But well like yeah. even enjoy. Like I really like the chemo nurses. They're mm. they're great, other than like the one guy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just like, Okay, are you done yet? No, please, there's lots of people who want your attention. Feel free to go see <laughs> someone else now. <laughs> Because he just kept talking to me about how bad my French was. And I was just like, go away. (laughs) My French is a thousand times better than your English, I'm sure.
0: You're a professional translator. That's
1: hilarious. But anyway, she's just like, your accent is so, so thick. Bug off. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have to be here? Am I plugged in yet? (laughs) Off you go now. He was the only one. And I only saw him the once. (laughs) Everyone else has been great. (laughs) And it's mostly the same people. Like, because I go twice a week, like, it's often the same people every Monday and the same people every Thursday, and then, like, there are a couple people that are there both days. Um, but, you know, you get to know people, and, you know, you get to know Joe and his granddaughter's boyfriend that oh, he doesn't yeah. like and all this stuff. You know, it's 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 like you create a new little family for yourself going mm-hmm. through this, and, I mean, even showing up in nuclear medicine I just I just showed up one day and um it was for my third scan and Mm -hmm. I just walked up I didn't say anything and she's like oh and she gave me the paper (laughs) like she knew me you know and she was super friendly gave me my papers and said just go on back and I just went back and sat down didn't wait for anyone to come get me and Mm -hmm. you know like you create a little family and yeah yeah it's I mean those those parts are nice yeah yeah. Well,
0: and you have kind of an OA family, family. Yeah. There too. Oh I yeah. found some nice groups. Yeah.
1: There. I, absolutely. I have uh, yeah, one particular group that I really love where I have my sponsor in that group as, as well. And, uh, yeah, the OA group, um, and even honestly, even a lot of the acquaintances that I've had, like a lot of the lady, older ladies in my church that, you know, I smile and say hi to you twice a week, but you know, I don't really, I never got to know them. Like I, I feel like this has allowed me to let my guard down and, you know, get to know these people and forced you to slow down. Yeah, forced me to slow down and um, not just slow down, but take the, take the time to be with people Mm. and, uh, and enjoy their presence and not just think, when can I go home and be alone?
2: Yeah. You know,
1: it's, uh, it's been really nice. And also sharing this news of my healing too, Mm. like that has been incredible as well because like, it doesn't feel real for me yet, but like everybody else is dancing and like jumping for joy. So like, that's really encouraging and like wonderful. Just like, okay, it's going to be real for me soon.
0: (laughs) And yet from what little I've seen of people's reactions, um, not surprised because they're like, we've been praying like crazy for you. (laughs) That was really funny.
1: (laughs) The one lady in my church. Yeah. Uh, So when I called her to tell her that I had been healed, which is funny. So I sent a text message to like a group chat and her husband's part of the group chat, but the husband didn't tell the wife, it was funny. <laughs> anyway, so I called called her and um, I told her that I had, that there was no more cancer in like basically below my neck, there's no more cancer. And she would just, her first reaction was like, that's about time, yes. <laughs> about time. You know how many people are praying for you? That took a long time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Like they just knew it. They just knew, yeah. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. And me too. Like there was that. like at one point, like, you know, I, I knew at one point that it was coming. I just didn't know when, how, mm-hmm. how it was going to manifest. And I'm a little bit surprised that I wasn't like totally healed. Like mm-hmm. I was like healed from a major part, but yet there's still cancer in my neck and I still had the polyps in my uterus. And... Why do you
0: think that is? Like if you take a step back. Um... Mm, good like, question. what is the purpose? I mean, obviously, I mean, if we're talking about God here, you know, and this yeah. was all by design, what do you think is the purpose in having you not just, ding, you're healed? You but know? I can't just run away, that
1: I still have to oh. go through this, and I still have to face everything that I've been working on, because if I were instantly healed, would I still be working on everything? Right. Maybe not. Right. Maybe not. So, yeah, the fact that it's it's you know, there's still part of this left. And even once treatment's done, well, then there's like that three months of anxious waiting for mm-hmm. your next PET scan to mm-hmm. see, okay, are, am I really, truly healed? Mm-hmm. You know, a, am I really in remission?
0: So um, for those people too, that might be like, you know, yeah, whatever, spontaneous healing, we all, we don't know tell them about your knee because this is not the first time that you've experienced this. This is not just a second. I just need some more. Sure. Um,
1: yeah. So I don't know how, how many years ago, but like I, uh, maybe 10 years ago or so, or actually Rosemary would have been four. So six years ago, uh, I was living in, when I was living in Montreal, uh, I was walking towards the subway one day and I was like, Almost jogging. Like, I was walking really quickly, and I just moved in a funny way, and I ended up tearing a ligament in my knee. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was like, I went from almost jogging towards the metro to, like, by the time I got to the metro, I couldn't even get down the stairs. I couldn't walk down the steps to the metro. I was in so much pain. So, I turned around and went home, and because of, like, I couldn't take a bus, like, I had to walk. It was only like three blocks, but mm-hmm. like by the time I got home, I was in so much pain and my mm-hmm. knee had just like doubled in size oh. and like, I didn't know what I had done. Um, I did go to emergency that night and uh, they did do a scan of my knee and told me I tore in a ligament and that I would need, told me I would need surgery. But like, you know, we have free healthcare in Canada, but sometimes the healthcare system does not it doesn't work quickly so i mean lucky for me with my cancer everything's going very quickly but with my knee it was very slow and so like i think they told me it might have been like a year wait list i can't remember wow. but so i had so i started on crutches and um yeah i was in so much pain like i couldn't even like just like lying down in my bed to roll over in bed was just like excruciating mm. it was so painful to get up, like to use the toilet, to like just basic things uh, was very painful. And because of like the job I was doing in Montreal at that time, I was teaching English, but I was um, working, like, I would have to take the subway or the metro and I would go from office building to office building in like downtown area. And um, it was just like a ton of walking and I couldn't do any of it. So I I mean, thankfully most of my clients were willing to have virtual classes, but like it, it just became difficult to even work. Like it was really bad. And then, uh, one night I was watching you were in
0: crutches for six months. Yeah. Right? I was
1: on crutches for like six months and I had gone to, I really believe in the power of osteopath. Mm-hmm. So I see an osteopath all the time uh, or not all the time, but I've seen an osteopath regularly throughout my whole cancer journey as well. And it's really helped with pain and, and other things. And, uh, I had seen an osteopath like four or five times for my knee and it definitely, it helped. It was better. The swelling was a lot better, but I still couldn't put any pressure on it. It was so painful. And so, um, anyways, uh, yeah, after being on crutches for like six months, I was at a friend's house in the living room. Uh, we were watching this uh, revival service on TV and, uh, from like from a conference in the states, and um, the minister who was preaching, he started preaching about healing, and like we were just watching this, and then all of a sudden the lady that I was with, she just like, you can have divine healing too, and I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, like <laughs> <laughs> that's a little weird. <laughs> like I I'm I'm super devout, but it's like really funny to think, you know, that I didn't think that that was for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like I thought that healing is for everybody else, but Mm -hmm. like the healing wasn't for me, but so she, and I was just like, okay, I guess so. And then, so she started, like she got on her knees and started like, she like gripped my knee with her hands and started like praying, like really sincerely like praying apostolic prayers. And, uh, and I felt like this heat go up my leg and like, and just started radiating throughout my knee. And, and like within a few minutes, my knee was completely healed. Like, completely healed. Like, wow. I, I, so in fact, these people that I was at their house, I lived in the basement and they lived on the main floor. We're in the same building. So mm-hmm. I was able to go from their apartment down to my apartment through the stairs and carrying my daughter because my daughter had fallen asleep. So oh I carried her down the stairs with no crutches. Wow. And then, and it's been fine. Well, it's been fine since. I've re injured it a few times since uh-huh. then, but like, it was good for years after that. Yeah.
0: And do you think just having that knowledge that you had been, you had experienced it once already, do you think that? Well, and I've seen, I've
1: seen divine healing many times. I I saw, I've seen a man get up out of a wheelchair and walk. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I know that healing exists and, and even with cancer, I, there was a lady in our church a few years ago that, Um, was in, she was in palliative care. She had stage 4C breast cancer. Like there's nothing, Mm -hmm. like spread throughout her body, nothing that they could do. And they said that she was going to die within weeks. Well, I think she lived like a few years. Mm. She did end up up passing away from it, but Mm -hmm. uh, she lived for years after that. And every time like she would have another scan, they would see, okay, well now it's out of her lungs and now it's out of her Mm. spleen. And now it's, you know, like she had so many, miraculous events, um, Mm -hmm. before eventually she did, she did pass away from it, but, um, you know, she got those years with her. She had just, she had a baby, like literally a newborn when she was diagnosed. So, uh, it gave her those years with her kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and her husband. And Mm -hmm. so like, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I knew it was possible, but like, so like belief is half the battle, really, when you think about it, but knowing it's possible, does it, it doesn't make it easy to to believe that you can have that too okay you know, because even um like i've had this whole journey has been like a big roller coaster i've had moments where you know i wake up and i have my time of devotion and and i'm like okay god today's the day they're going to tell me i'm cancer free <laughs> and then i go and they're like so we're going to do this new chemo cocktail you might be sicker than usual oh. just like All righty. <laughs> you know yeah lots of moments with like great faith when like nothing has happened and I have to say going into my appointment with my oncologist a week like last week mm-hmm. I was not expecting that news and even when he told me I I was like pardon me like <laughs> can you say that again like I just total disbelief I was not expecting that mm-hmm. I was I was expecting him to I mean, honestly, I always, anytime we have like a sit down meeting. So like we see each other every time I have chemo, I like, I meet with Cole, just not necessarily mine, but mm-hmm. like, you know, you meet with them for a little while just to make sure you like, you don't have COVID you're feeling okay. And all of this stuff before they give you your like prescription for chemo. And, uh, what, but anytime I have a sit down, I always have like this anxiety mm-hmm. that comes up. Like they're going to tell me, the treatment's not working and actually it has spread more, mm. you know, like I always have that fear. Um, yeah, I try not to show it, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, it's it's human in nature though. Yeah. Nature. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's normal, I guess, but like, it's, yeah, I went, I went in fearing the worst, really thinking like, okay, I've had to have three scans. Like why, why mm. have I had to have three scans? Mm. You know, is it because they want to be sure about the spread? Like, and then here, it's because they couldn't find my cancer. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, wow. totally opposite. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I I was not uh, anticipating healing at all. And I, even though, I, like, even still, like, I just felt it deep inside me that I was going to be healed. But I still, the timeline, it, there's, the timeline there's, like, a big disconnect yeah. between what I felt and what is my current reality. Yeah. Like, it's, like, I keep saying, it doesn't feel real yet.
0: Yeah, because you still feel sick. like i still, still in pain. sick, yeah. Yeah, I'm still have nausea, all yeah. of that. So, yeah, that is, it's a lot of, it's like, mixed messages. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a weird question, but what do you think Rosemary's gotten out of this? Because I know it's been hard as hell on her. Oh, it, it has. has. It's been really but hard. But she's so resilient. Um,
1: what has she gotten from this? Or maybe your relationship. I mean, definitely. Uh, I think before this, I protected her a lot more mm-hmm. um, from the reality, uh, and you know, our relation, our bond has gotten so much stronger uh, because I've been incredibly candid with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you know, at times when I have been very afraid, mm-hmm. you know, I shared that with her, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, everything, basically. I mean, she doesn't know. She doesn't know all the details, but uh, you know, she's seen me cry out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she's seen me. I mean, she's the only one that's that sat in the bathroom as I'm throwing up. Oh, you know, she's yeah. the only one. You know, and or, yeah, saw saw me lose my hair. Yeah. You know that was that was traumatic yeah
0: um what about the cancer wall <laughs> oh my Your gallery I thought my art gallery a really heartbreaking but beautiful yeah so you had
1: I uh to try and keep my mind busy uh I've been listening to lots of podcasts and uh I've been doing paint by number while I listen to podcasts so I have uh I've completed uh Six paint by never now and they're they're not little they're yeah quite big so they're gorgeous oh thank you um yeah I uh it's kind of funny because I didn't intend to create myself an art gallery and we live in a condo that's you know it's compact <laughs> so where do you put that so I started that in the bathroom <laughs> I had well when I started I had like three empty walls in the bathroom above my above my bathtub so I thought hmm yeah, I'm gonna hang. I'm gonna hang this one here. I did this one painting. I'll hang it here. Oh, I'll do another one. So <laughs> it's been perfect though. Yeah. So then, and I've had to move them around to fit them. Yeah. <laughs> and now I, I, I'm on, uh, I'm on my seventh, uh, paint by number now, <laughs> and I have one left. Uh, because I actually I went to, I went to a craft store and art store, and they had a bunch of the ones that I like because I, I, I don't like the little kid ones. I kind of like the more adult ones. And uh, they had them a whole bunch on clearance for $7 <laughs> each, and they're normally $20. So I bought one of every kind that they had. I wasn't picky because I don't <laughs> care what I'm painting. I just <laughs> want to keep my hands busy and my mind busy. Yeah. So, yeah, so I bought a whole bunch of them, and yeah, I've been doing them. I, and I'm, I'm a little bit sad that it's coming to an end mm-hmm. because I've grown to really love my paint by number time. <laughs> You know, and even with, even if I'm sick, you know, I come home from chemo, lie down for a while. If I wake, I mean, I have the choice. I can lie in bed and stir at the white wall mm-hmm. or I can get up and do a paint by number, you it's know. It's very
0: meditative, I'm sure. Oh yeah,
1: very, very much so. It's very calming and sometimes I just listen to encouraging music as well. Like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily listen to a podcast, but you know, I have something in my ear and yeah, it takes, it, take, it I feel like it's a better use of my time than just watching totally. dumb TV shows, you know? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people have told me, do that, you know, go watch a funny movie. But like, it's hard to focus on a movie, you mm. know, because like I, I start watching and my mind wanders and uh-huh. it's not really taking my mind off things. And then I sit down and watch something and I want to eat a snack yeah. <laughs> and I can not eat a snack. Yeah. <laughs> so paint by number was like the great solution to that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do after paint by number,
0: but we were calling it. It was a joke. Like, yeah, we were calling it. It
1: was my cancer. Well, that's what I did during cancer. But my daughter was very upset by that because she, she said she's going to look at that well and remember all the sadness Mm -hmm. because it has, I mean, she's used to us always being on the go. Yeah. You know, her reality was, Like we're awake, it's a Saturday, let's go do something. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go feed the birds. Let's go, you know, let's go visit this person in Montreal. You know, we're gone for the day. And we were always busy doing stuff. And like we haven't done anything. And even there are many times where she comes home and I can't get out of bed. You Mm -hmm. know, and it's really hard for her to see. Yeah. Really hard for her to go through. She's, she's suffered a lot. And even so much so, like I'm a teacher, and so, like, education is very important to me, but I've handed off the responsibility of doing homework with Rosemary because I I don't have the concentration. I feel like my brain is, like, a soggy... <laughs> something mushy. See,
0: I feel like you're still super sharp.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm... Like, it feels very much like pregnancy brain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, just foggy, not really understanding what's going on, sometimes feeling like looking at things and like, it takes so long to have like the logical thought reaction, you know, like it's.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can see the link. The two times I beat you at Scrabble, prego brain and chemo brain. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever get back to Scrabble. I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's that's hard. It's so hard for me right now. Like we played Scrabble last night and mm-hmm. it's just so hard I stare at the letters and cannot find words Mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous because Mm -hmm. like my whole life is words I translate and I'm a teacher and you're still doing
0: some translating I am still doing some translating but um that's what I feel like you sell yourself short you're painting and hiking and still translating all while on chemo it blows me away well I'm doing all of that, but like in very small amounts,
1: yeah, <laughs> so I, like I I only my tra- I used to translate you know a book a month, uh-huh. and I'm down to three magazine articles every second month. Mm-hmm. so like I'm really not doing very much, and I'm just I'm just at the very like I'm not doing anything, any paid translations because i like I really don't feel like the quality is good enough like mm-hmm. i I wouldn't be comfortable accepting payment for a translation when I know that I'm sure I've made a million mistakes because my brain is foggy and mm-hmm. I'm not thinking clearly and whereas now I the these magazine articles that I translate like I have a, I have a good editor so I am a bilingual editor so I'm not too worried about it and it's a it's a volunteer thing so um I'm, I'm still okay with that and mm. Even though when I read like the published article, sometimes I can see, okay, they've totally reworked that paragraph. Mm -hmm. Like it takes a little bit of humility to accept that, that, okay, Mm -hmm. I sucked there, (laughs) but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, So I like, yes, I am translating, but like so minimally compared to what I was doing before. And do you find
0: you're less of a perfectionist now? Um, cutting yourself some slack. My less of a perfectionist. Depends on what. Okay. Depends
1: on what. Yeah. There's definitely I've let a lot of things I've let a lot of things go. Um uh you know, vivre and vivre et laisser vivre. Like I don't know if that's if that's a common expression in English. <laughs> don't know no. it. So it's like oh yeah, it live is and live, let live and live. Li- live and let live. live, yeah. and let live. <laughs> you okay. see? My brain does <laughs>
2: not work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that must be an English expression. And my high school French comes back now and again. <laughs> Brief, shining moments. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but live and let live. So, whereas, like, I think I, I've i been a lot more controlling in the past. Um, I like to control my environment and my home a lot more. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm a lot more relaxed mm-hmm. about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that this is a benefit that I'm going to take back into the classroom with me when I go mm-hmm. back to teaching that. I'm going to be a lot more relaxed um, because this was one thing is like students always love me, but they, uh, their comment is always, Oh, she's very strict. Oh. You know, maybe I'll be less strict. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> because I do teach, you know, 12 year old boys and girls that are hormonal and crazy. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. So the, the, the wall is now called the gallery, which yes. I love. Yes and it's very nice to look at when you're in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sit there taking your time staring at the dog. <laughs> sad boy I call him. He's sad from all
0: the cancer problems, but uh,
1: <laughs> the rest of it, the rest of it is like it makes me feel good when
0: oh, I look at really all of it. Oh, they're really beautiful. They're so yeah, nice. They I are never nice. I've never really thought about paint by numbers as something that could be so pretty, but they are very, very nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like them too, and it's been like it's been so cathartic, doing the paint by numbers and just, like zoning out and, um, you know thinking about the future and mm-hmm. tell me, happy thoughts. Yeah, so like I'm I i i have been super focused on like planning this big camping trip next next summer. Nice, that I want to go. I'd like to go around um, the Gaspe Peninsula and Quebec, the eastern eastern Quebec. And uh, we've done that a few times camping, but um, there are some places that like Rosemary was too young. It was too dangerous because there's a lot like cliffs and things like that. And mm-hmm. she's old enough now. And um, I'm really looking forward to. She's a good little hiker too. Yeah, she can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just needs a little motivation. Mm-hmm. She needs to be able to take pictures or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Feed birds. <laughs> yeah. Feed a bird. Still some bird seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no she's good and actually that's really encouraging I'm because for the longest time she hated walking so I was always mm. just like oh no she's never gonna want to go on these long trekking tri- right. trips with me because like this is my dream I definitely want to go back and redo the Grand Canyon with her
0: oh nice. you know
1: like that's a huge dream of mine but like we're gonna have to have some COVID changes between now and then right. but uh
0: you, you know, done really well there. I have to say too, like for all the times you go to the hospital. I mean, it's just all those appointments and everything. You have never caught COVID. No, no, I have never caught COVID. Just a cold
1: that I got from rosemary. <sighs> yeah. So. And she's back in school. Going yes. to school. She go. Yeah, last year. Um, so because I have homozygous autoimmune disease, uh, I taught. Uh, I taught online last year. So I taught math. Uh, and art it was funny teaching art via zoom but <laughs> um, yeah so I taught math from grade one through grade 11 and uh, and art from grade one to grade six uh, online until March and so the first three months of my diagnosis while I was just waiting for biopsies and stuff I was still teaching and then when I started really feeling the impact of uh like blood loss because like really I had been bleeding heavily that whole time that was the initial thing that brought me to the doctor well one I had a big lump on my neck second was uh, I was bleeding so heavily that I would be bleeding through like many like layers of comforters every night and or and through my clothes through like incontinence diapers I was just bleeding so much and I had to have um, a couple of blood transfusions last February mm-hmm.
0: because of it, and so that I'm was. T- I'm still kind of surprised that you really were open to like taking a leave when I was like asking you to think about it.
1: Yeah, I that blew me
0: away because it didn't seem like you were going to at yeah, all. Wasn't to. Uh, I didn't want to stop working. Well, I mean, it makes a
1: big difference financially. Sure. being on sick leave, sick pay versus uh, working full time. Um, and I'm really looking forward to going back to my regular salary. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Shocking. Shocking. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, uh, no, it's, I, 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 like I needed to do it. I mean, it, had, I not taken the leave in May, I would have had to take it. I mean, at the beginning of summer mm-hmm. one way or another, I was going to have to take a leave. Yeah. Um, because you can't go through treatment and still work. No like way. there's just, it's literally, impossible. just time-wise, it's literally impossible. So. Yeah. Uh, let alone energy, oh my goodness like yeah. my energy has just kind of, well, no I, w- I, was gonna, I was going to say my energy has gone downhill since my surgery but that's actually really not true I would say the the lowest energy I had was in March when you came the first mm. time and I couldn't get off the couch, yeah. it was uh, because I was just bleeding so much I was just exhausted constantly yeah. and uh, anemic and yeah, I started uh, doing raw with you and I've I've been doing pretty good since, even though I'm not I'm not really eating very much raw food right now because I a I can't digest it or it's not on my not on the chemo plan. However, since I've had the news of my liver, I've really been going gung ho on the fruit. Mm-hmm. The vegetables don't seem to agree with me yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we'll get there.
0: You know, though, I mean, this is real life. This is you know. <sighs> So many times we want things to be like, I'm not a big fan of Disney endings because they're not realistic. Yeah. But you know, you had some really difficult choices to make and Mm -hmm. you made them. And I think it went the way it was supposed to go. And were you like, you know, healing yourself being a hundred percent? No, it's just not going to be like that Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think so much of it has to do with the timeline, how much it's progressed at the time. Right. And just, the tools available and also your personal family situation and your work situation. There's so many factors Mm -hmm. that I don't think it's realistic to uh, every time be like, Oh, I'm just going to do this myself. No. And look at what you got out of relying on other people. I think you got so much out of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've done things very differently this time. So, like, the first time, you know, we drove the first time I came up, you know, like, I, I helped you. The second time I came up, you helped me, and I was studying so hard. And yeah. and this time, I was also studying hard, um, and we were in different places. So yeah. instead of being like, you needed space, for yes. sure, and and it worked well for me, too. So I didn't actually stay with you, but I think mm-hmm. just getting together for moral support and laughs and talking things out and yeah. has been just as important as the food was the first time I came up. Yeah, I agree. Not funny. Yeah. Who would have guessed? True.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, my, like my energy has been pretty good, even though I've been through treatment, even going through treatment. So like, I didn't need that physical support the way I did when you first came,
0: um, up in March. Uh, and you really had your food down. Like you knew oh, you're yeah. far I mean, better I than I did. I've been doing it for months now. so What you needed, yeah. Yeah, and
1: uh, I, I have had a ton of help from ladies in my church and from my good friend uh, Danielle, uh, who's a cook. So we um, we got together and we made a whole bunch of different soups that I can have and mm-hmm. um, also prepared a bunch of stuff in the freezer. So I have like 10 basic things that I know I can have. Mm-hmm. And that are gonna, you know, seventy five percent of the time agree with me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I mean, this is it. As I'm just following. Following what I had started then, and
0: it's going well. Yeah, and you know we've so we've just gotten news of this new variant. So it's like we could be heading into a, another whole wave of COVID. But oh I'm dear, glad, yeah. I'm glad that you are still like pretty focused on like the future and what you want to do and. I mean, I think these waves are going to be just like minor setbacks, and we just recalculate yeah. our GPS. And I really, you know, like I, I don't know what that, uh, what the
1: new COVID strain is going to mean for, like me going back to work right. or anything like that. But I'm, I'm just focused. on visualizing me returning to work full time next August, mm-hmm. and uh, I already have like project ideas awesome. and you know I, I I am visualizing you know this big camping trip with Rosemary this summer mm-hmm. and doing lots of hiking and swimming and um just enjoying I love being outdoors yeah. so just enjoying being outdoors with with her she likes it too and minus the bugs <laughs> <laughs> just hard because we live in Canada so a lot of bugs
2: um
1: but yeah no I I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to focus on it. I'm just going to do what I need to do for now. And, yeah. you know, hope my immune system will get better and uh, that I'll be able to go back to school. Because I really, even though I, you know, I taught online, that was that was nice because I got to teach a lot of kids one-on-one because mm-hmm. there weren't very many kids who were staying home in, in Canada anyways. Like, it, it uh, people needed, uh, like, medical exemption to be able to do online schooling in Quebec anyways, every, every province did their own thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there were very few kids actually doing online learning last year. Most kids went back to school, but my daughter was home online and I was teaching online. And uh, that also was another blessing because I was able to, I was my daughter's math teacher and I was able to help her catch up. She had such a delay, uh, in her learning because, you know, she's, been going through this whole ADHD diagnosis process and I think she just missed there's like these just these gaps of learning where she was daydreaming and mm-hmm. missed all these concepts that were sure. taught and then it but she's brilliant so it just took took some time one-on-one when she was focused to say okay this is what this means and all of a sudden she's back up to level you know so mm-hmm. it was another blessing but um, I did enjoy teaching online because I got to do a lot of one-on-one mm-hmm. But I miss the group dynamic of having, you know, like 30 kids and being able to, like, do these huge projects with mm. them and, you know, and, and celebrating successes as a group. Mm. And like, I'm sure just, the energy is very different. The energy is very different. And I, as much as like, tweens drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> I, j- I really love teaching that level because they're old enough to be independent, but they're young enough to get really excited about projects. Mm. So, um, I miss it. I miss being in the classroom. I miss the chaos, (laughs) you know, I can't wait to get back. So I'm, I'm projecting that I'll be back at work in August. Excellent. Yeah. So what about you, Miss Sherry?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's on your horizon? Oh boy. So I, I think it's safe to say I am in the midst of seasonal affective disorder. Um, we had a lot of fun hiking. We had some really beautiful days mm-hmm. for quite a bit of the time I was up here. Yes. Um, but I'm going through the same stuff I go through in Chicago every winter. Mm-hmm. I have to do like a, a reboot. Um, it started with, like if I, if I trace it back, um, I was doing fine on raw, you know, once I got here and got on raw again and it was going well and I wanted to eat less and less. And we had daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that probably factored in some. And then I just wanted to fast. I just wanted to study and fast and you. Well, and, and out you, you had some, you had some oh, symptoms. When I came up, yeah, when I got here, I had, uh, you know, bad UTI, like the worst I've ever had. So that straightened out pretty quickly. But I also had hives, mm-hmm. um, which I had never had before. Those were pretty bad Um And it didn't go away quickly. I still have, like, some muscle weakness that's in tandem with that Mm -hmm. at night. So in the morning, I feel fine. And by nighttime, I have some muscle weakness. And uh, Are you
1: still having that now?
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we know that's autoimmune related, and I'll get that checked out when I go back to Chicago. But um, I think you pretty much nailed it from the beginning. You were saying, I think it's stress. And I was like, oh, I've had lots more stressful things than this. But... Learning day trading and swing trading as your primary income to replace, you know, selling books like Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I did really put a lot of pressure on myself and I went through the course pretty fast. And even then you just, you keep going through it because you want to make sure, uh, you're doing it right. And, uh, it's all going to be great, but it's just, it, it takes as long as it takes. You can't really rush it. So I was studying a lot. And And you haven't been able to do it from Canada. Yeah, so I'm just trading in a simulator.
1: Um, Which is another stress, Yeah, too, because you currently have no income. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, what else did I have going on health-wise? Those were the two um, big ones. I feel like there was something else, though. But, um, yeah, so I definitely had some challenges. And then, yeah, I just didn't want to eat. I just wanted to fast. Like, I've never, I don't think, gone into a fast- from being raw and it is so much easier i mean they always do that at true north Mm. um they'll have them i don't know if it's necessarily raw but they'll definitely have them go you know pretty strict vegan Vegan. sos uh before they fast and it is a much much nicer transition and then i did like eight days strong but then one day we were just talking about food a lot and all of a sudden i was really wanting stupid comfort things from my childhood and uh you know boxed processed crap Mm. like you know, craft macaroni and cheese with tuna, so, um, but also that was, a you know, kind of tied to my mom, you know, was something she would make, and, uh, she's been on my mind a lot, even though she's estranged from the family, like, we text once in a while, and the question is always in the air, like, am I gonna see her in Albuquerque, and, you know, or am I not, and I feel like it's the right thing to do, even though it's gonna be probably pretty miserable and triggering, um, She's so not going mean, to live forever. so Maybe that is not the right thing to do. <laughs> I know. We always we always debate this. <laughs> that, but I have to project myself in the future and be like, okay, say a lawyer calls me tomorrow and says, um, you know, your mother's passed away. Mm-hmm. Well, I regret not giving her um, a, one more connection with her kids. My brother's not going to go down there. My sister's already died. And she did go down there. And it was a nightmare. Does she, she's made a lot of mistakes in her life. Does she deserve to not have one last connection with her kids before she leaves this planet? You know, it's pretty tough. I know it's not very pleasant, but so that whole thing is hanging in there, um, in the air and, uh, yeah, comfort food and seasonal affective disorder just go hand in hand for me big time, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm into that, I just become very apathetic. So like, you know, if you ask me like, well, you know, it's come up, you know, what's the rest of your trip looking like? How's that uh, going? And it's like, I still have the same trip in mind that I have, um, you know, but am I feeling super jazzed about it? Nope. You know, do I want to fly with a new variant of COVID? Nope. Um, But I know, at least that's, that's the seasonal effective and that's the cooked right. food talking it's not me mm-hmm. so am i going to feel this way in phoenix or on route 66 no mm-hmm. i think once i you know i'm once in a better climate yeah i had two warmer yeah. sunnier places and i'm more myself again it'll i'll be all right and i'll be wanting to eat raw again and mm-hmm. i mean right now it's just very unappealing even though okay i'm having soup tonight i'm having my favorite tomato basil soup, and that'll be good. But it's just like, um, if I'm just at home, it's just me, you know, back at the apartment that I've been staying at. Um, I just don't even want to bother. So the cycle is, I don't eat anything all day. And then at night, <laughs> that yeah. voice comes that's like, me. and it's pretty determined to be fed whatever comfort I can get my hands on. So, yeah, it's just a vicious cycle, and I'm really, really, really tired of it. Mm-hmm. And part of me like feels like part of me thinks like you don't belong in a cold climate. I've never gotten to spend a whole year in a warm, sunny climate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never gotten to spend a winter um, in one. San Francisco was still cold, still wore wool coat and with sweaters and stuff. So you don't, I don't count that. But then part of me says, like we talked about, wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. I still have to deal with my shit. Like, yeah, I still have to deal with, um, you know, as much as I've journaled, you know, you and I have journaled a lot lately. Um, and God knows I have over the years. Um, I'm still not getting to, to the root. I think of, of things because, uh, I can still go back and eat meat. Right. I can still go back and eat processed crap, like craft macaroni and cheese. Mm. Like the part of that, you know, uh, makes me so, annoyed with myself because I can be such a purist um, and really want that for other people too uh, and then you know its the, it's the hypocrisy mm-hmm. that oh here we go again Are you really eating that after all of this out of all this you know progress you made you're gonna eat that now yeah. yep well
1: it's progress is not perfection oh
0: it's definitely not man. I tried to uh, find Joe Best. I know he's out there, um, but you can't reach him through Messenger anymore. We had chatted a couple times uh, in the last, I don't know, a couple years. Because he always jokes, you know, I've mentioned him before, like, I'm the biggest guy at the fruit festival. (laughs) I'm going to run into him at a fruit festival and challenge him to that title, I think. (laughs) (laughs) When you're the fat girl at the fruit festival, you really stand out. I remember that from Raw Spirit in in, uh, Sedona in 2008 um yeah that was an experience not some good some bad but you definitely stand out and I knew there were plenty of people there that weren't raw actually ironically the fat girl was <laughs> that's funny I yeah never thought that you could tell by the by people's demeanor I mean I know that sounds pretty airy-fairy but um kind of mean mean little groups and stuff okay. it's like there's no way they're raw like you know they're so aggressive or judgmental or you know what i mean you i don't just have know a... i
1: think the judgmental <laughs> judgmental could be either way but like definitely you're right though it's true that
0: when you're energy wise you don't have that in you i don't think uh, i mean well, not to the degree that you normally would but uh, we've talked about that many times
1: uh how much easier life is to deal with when you're raw. Yeah. Like you just don't get so emotional over things and problems don't bother you as much. Like you're so much more yeah even keel than when you're eating processed food, especially it's uh the difference is remarkable for some people. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that you could see that in others
0: as well. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I, insist on being transparent in this podcast but it's been so humbling mm. to have to come back here again and again and say I screwed up again I screwed up again um cuz part of me thought like oh I'm out on the road I'll be able to kind of like isolate a little more I won't be tempted by all these social obligations blah 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 bullshit yeah. wherever you go there you are it's me that's right yeah i'm the common denominator <laughs> <laughs> shocking yeah so, and it's interesting too, you know, like with my relationship with Gabe back in Chicago, you know, um, I associate him very much with comfort and comfort food. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so much more than that to me, but, um, you know, I, you know, I think put more emphasis on that in the past than I should have. Cause he's never once held a gun to my head and made me eat something that yeah. I didn't want really? to. <laughs> Not once. Not once. Wow. (laughs) It's all been me. It's my choices because he's definitely been supportive many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. He's surprised me with gourmet raw food. He's made raw food for me. So I really couldn't ask for a more supportive partner. Is he ever going to be raw? No, I really, really doubt it. But um, do, do you have to have that? You know, there are times when I've thought, how can you move in the same direction or at least grow together. If one person's wrong, one person's not, I don't think I'm that person, you know, it's like you, I was reading in that book, Solo, um, this woman, I'm not in love with two people, but she was in love with two people and she was on this, uh, uh, some kind of thing for her job where she was, um, where they cleaned up an oil spill actually from the Exxon Valdez. Um, so she was there again later, checking things out and taking notes and seeing how everything was progressing as far as the wildlife and whatnot. And she said something about, it's it's not so much those two people that, you know, being in love with them, it's, it's who she is and who she could be. And I, I thought know. that was super powerful because it's like, well, I think a lot of times it's like, well, who could I be if I if you Uh, had a raw partner supporting you yeah and it's like well sherry let's just back up here because you're not even raw right now yeah (laughs) you know get off your high horse um because you know you're eating you know boxed processed crap at the moment you know i mean not tonight i'm not but again it's much easier when you're with someone else who gets the whole raw thing Yeah. yeah but again I could have made raw stuff for myself, and I just didn't want to. Like, why? I can't really blame that on the weather, can I? Why did I not, why am I not worth it to -hmm. make myself, okay, if I don't want to have breakfast, fine, Uh, but to not make myself lunch, to not want to make myself dinner, and then just like cop out and say, I'm just gonna have whatever feels good right now for dinner, and I'm gonna eat way too much of it, you know? Yeah, these are things that you're gonna have to have really to
1: sort it out. Sort it out. Yeah, I think journaling has been a really good tool for me, anyways. Anytime I I have felt drawn to the fridge, so my pattern is Rosemary goes to bed, and after she goes to bed, if I'm not exhausted, then going to bed, uh, I will often go and open the fridge and stare. But here's the thing: is like we only have like good food in the
0: house. <laughs> You have no good fridge porn. I I do
1: not. <laughs> I can like we do. Rose, I mean my daughter is a regular kid, and she has Halloween candy and yeah, all sorts and school snacks and stuff that uh, you know are very appealing to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've made it up in my mind. I've made my mind up that I will not steal from her. Mm-hmm. So and if I were to go through her stuff, like that's it's stealing I would never steal from the store why am I going to steal from my daughter Mm -hmm. you know so um that's once I made my mind up that I wasn't going to steal from her that's been very helpful so that like I'm not opening the cupboard looking for food Mm -hmm. I'm opening the fridge because the fridge is mine the Mm -hmm. cupboard is hers basically (laughs) basically I mean I have my soups on the bottom and there's some nut milk in there but like the rest of it is hers Mm -hmm. and uh Yeah, I open up the fridge just like, hmm, I can have more soup (laughs) or
2: Yeah,
1: what else am I going to have? Like, because I always end up buying like salad stuff because I love salad and Uh I just have to calculate, do I want to have pokey diarrhea in the morning (laughs) or do I want to be woken up at 4 a.m. with pokey diarrhea? Oh, man. You know, like at 10 o'clock when you're staring at the fridge, that's not an appealing option. Right. So I end up usually just, I'll come, up. But, yeah, closing the fridge, coming back to my room and I'll journal. Why do I feel the need to eat right now? Am I hungry? No. What is causing me to eat? And like 99% of the time, it's some anxiety about something, uh, yeah. you know, but it's, it, it has taken like that conscious effort of sitting down and like analyzing, okay, where am I right now? What is pushing me to eat? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, made all the difference for me in being actually able to follow this treatment plan. I don't like to say diet because this is not a diet. This is treatment just like chemo Mm -hmm. is treatment. Mm -hmm. You know, eating this way is treatment. And uh, it's really been the biggest tool for me to stick to it because if not, if I just lived in the anxiety without... Yeah. Examining it, it still it keeps its power and it still pushes me to do what I've always done to comfort my anxiety, which mm-hmm. is eat. Mm-hmm. So whereas when I write about it, it exposes it for what it is and allows me to breathe and move beyond it, where I'm it's no longer drawing me to comfort myself because I've comforted myself by addressing the problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, journaling yeah. is a great tool.
0: Yeah. I will say that I'm not in the same place uh as far as sweets go. Um yeah, like that's that right. I,
1: that was one of the first things that I told you too. What's that? That when I uh like kind of started journaling and stuff, like that was the first thing was that like sweets were no longer appealing to me. Uh, yeah, so that's great. That's great.
0: That, for me uh, it's powerful, yeah, because um after that eight day fast and breaking it badly, which I almost always do, um when I went to have sweet things, they were horrible. They were completely, it still disgusts me just to think mm-hmm. about it. So it's like, well, that's, doesn't appear to be coming back. That problem I've had with sweets for so long, yeah. which is odd because I've fasted longer than eight days before. Um, and that hasn't happened, but maybe it's a, a, a cumulative thing. I don't know. Maybe. Um I, and I know that there are raw foodies listening that are just like, oh, not fasting. Oh, God, you don't have to do that. I know Alyssa feels that way, Alyssa mm. Ramondi, but... I feel that way, too. I actually... And I love as, it, though. Like, I love it. Because you don't have to deal with any of the... I don't have to deal with it, and it makes my mind razor sharp, which mm. brings us to the whole ADHD thing, which mm. I was not probably giving enough uh, weight in the whole... Yeah. Um the whole equation because what, you know, I found that uh, podcast faster than normal mm-hmm. and having listened to mm, probably a dozen or so episodes of that, it just really kind of brought it to the forefront. It's like my impulsivity affects the food stuff so much when, you know, obviously when I break raw and when I break a fast, mm-hmm. it's usually an impulsivity that's, that causes it. Um, and journaling—it's <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a good solution to the impulsivity. It's it's really tough to buckle down and sit down and write instead, but it can be done. I've done it. But I feel like I need to be taking in more information about the ADHD. I'm really—I don't like to take medication, so—but um, it is interesting to me. The more interviews that I hear on that show the more adults are saying, I take it when I need to. Because mm-hmm. um, I just, I really preferred managing it with raw.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you, when you are raw, that you are managing it well, I mean, why bother with medication? Right. You know, you've, you've talked to me about that a few times, that uh, you feel like you're your best self when you're raw, that you mm-hmm. you don't really have to deal with the ADHD when you're raw. Right. So I mean, I don't I don't think that it's a uh, one size fits all for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like in your case, that's that is your medication, that is your treatment for ADHD is being raw. Mm-hmm. Or if, I mean, you said fasting, but like you can't do that eternally. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At some point, you do need to eat food. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I love that clarity, and I love. Um... You know, oh, well, I had fibroids when I got up here. That was the other big oh, thing yeah, right. because um, I had a really bad period. Then I've passed fibroids twice fasting before. I had never done it on raw. So that was kind of cool to have that experience and um, and just to see, like, how it was affecting it. And then, oh, that was why, also, I was still having passing fibroids, or I started passing them again once I went into fasting. So that was all very interesting. I, I love the being able to experiment and, and see like a direct result of yeah. switching things
1: up. And even though you were still living, you're the same stress, you still had the same stressors. Yeah. Your hives cleared
0: up as well. Yeah. 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 The hives cleared up right away. Actually when I started um, fasting mm-hmm. um, still, you know, still have the muscle weakness um, at night, but I mean, it's not really bad. It's just, um, it's just peculiar. Mm -hmm. so yeah I do need to get that checked out when I get back so that's what's going on with me Yeah. (laughs) people are probably like you know this transparency thing I don't know if it's really working for me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just say you're raw so that we can be true to the name of the podcast no I don't think people really want to be lied to but it is a bummer it's like raw nomadic lens well And the nomadic part. How are you feeling about being nomadic these days? I feel, like, also apathetic about that. And I just feel like it's because it's winter. Mm. And you don't want to be...
1: I'm actually shocked that you're here right now, like, in the snow. Uh Like, it just... uh, I just assumed that as the weather got colder, you would just head south. Like, I was not expecting I was never expecting you to come up for well back then we didn't know at all when my surgery was going to be yeah but uh, I never thought that you would spend any part of winter north. because <laughs> I Canada. know that you are yeah in Canada yeah. which I mean is I mean it- people think it's worse but it's like no worse than Iowa like yeah. it's the same <laughs> yeah, Iowa
0: was pretty brutal especially as a kid yeah yeah all
1: but I just assumed you'd be in a warm place because i know how much you are affected by seasonal yeah. affective disorder and um like i know you've dealt with that as long as i've known you yep and i know like you must be looking forward to well if you're feeling apathetic about everything then you're probably not looking forward to like going to <laughs> phoenix but like
0: because you're like yeah yeah in theory that'll be great yeah <laughs> excited to be coming in my journey yeah I mean it's just it just affects your head so much yeah I hate that
1: but hopefully you'll get some nice sunny days coming up yeah. and uh, even if it's cold it'll yeah
0: and then just also the looming like bigger picture there like what's really the you know what's a little dig a little deeper there um I probably shouldn't be living in Chicago if I have seasonal affective... <laughs> I mean, yeah. one, one year I did really well with it. It wasn't an issue. And that was because I was raw because I was in camp and it was mm-hmm. super strict and I stuck with it. And, you know, that was the year that I was running and lost so much weight. And, and well, I didn't run until after I left camp because we weren't allowed. But yeah. still, um, I, I really was on fire that year and did not have seasonal effect because I was raw. <sighs>
1: well so. and also because you were exercise, even if you weren't every running, day. you were walking like two hours a day every day yeah. and then after you left like this uh weight loss group you then started running so like you have all the endorphins from exercising yeah. you know which plays a big makes a big difference and I'm sure too like when you first got here and we were hiking all the time versus yeah like now it's icy and snowy and it's like this awkward time of year where it's hard to go out for long walks because it's, it's so icy. So I
0: hate the wind and I hate the ice, but man, those hikes, we had such beautiful weather when I first got here. And yeah, it really stayed for quite a while. That was so awesome.
1: Yeah. But now winter has arrived and it's time for you to head south. It is.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I have to start wrapping my mind around that idea that like, um, you need to
1: winter somewhere. I need to
0: winter somewhere somewhere else and and what that's going to look like you know in my relationship and in you know just how you know it brings up all these questions that I'm not ready to answer because I just don't know you know it's still I'm still in the experimental phase I guess I have to remind myself you know yes that it'll come I don't have to force it I don't have to have the answer to everything right freaking now Mm -hmm. yeah but that's my, again, my ADHD brain that's like, how are you going to do that? Where are you going to go? Da, 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 right. da. You know, <laughs> it's
1: like, chillax. We don't know yet. Do you have um, an overall goal in mind for this nomadic, this uh, sabbatical traveling year?
0: It's changed so much. Yeah. Like that is just saying that makes me want to cry. It's changed so much because it's just about healing now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What was your goal originally? Oh, well I thought I'd you know lose all kinds of weight and I would just be just go raw and stay raw and it'd be so much easier. And I would help other people um, do this. And uh, now it's just like you know what, Sherry, just heal yourself. <laughs> yeah, just you got way too ahead of yourself. It's I mean it's that's my nature. I want to help other people mm-hmm. and I want everybody. I wish everybody could experience what it is like to be raw when it's just like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and you also know that you cannot, you cannot communicate it to someone. It cannot be communicated. No. They, have have to, to they have to experience it, it. it. Yeah, for themselves. For sure. Otherwise it's just, and it's not a one, two or so three abstract. day deal. No. Got to,
1: I mean, it's really when you've been raw for a longer period of time, yeah. you know, or high raw for a longer period of Minimum time. Minimum two weeks. Yeah. Minimum. Oh yeah. Minimum yeah. two weeks. Yeah. And then it's I was going like, to say a couple months really before you really feel it. Like... Yeah. Because after you... two weeks you're just getting out of the brain fog yep. and fatigue and you're just... But you didn't
0: know you had. That's like, right. you didn't know you
1: had. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Because
0: you're like, that's the thing I think. All, you're experiencing all this stuff that you don't even realize you're going through mm-hmm. until you, you've you been raw a while and you're just like, oh my God, this is who I really am. Yeah. I love that, and I mm-hmm. I wish that for everyone. But you know what? At some point, everyone's responsible for themselves. That's right. And I'm not going to be that big of help to people if I can't even do it for myself mm-hmm. consistently.
1: But I really like that. That the like your goal now, your main focus is healing yourself. And you know, there's physical healing, but I really hope that this in this year that you will find. Uh, emotional and spiritual healing uh, for all that you've been through in life, you know, that you really come to a a
0: peaceful place with uh, everything in life. Yeah. I just just, just didn't expect it, which just seems so naive. But um, you have a picture in your head of what things are going to look like, even though it's totally like, you know, I kind of knew Mm -hmm. where I was going, but I didn't have a real firm plan on any of it. And, you know, a lot of unexpected things happen, happened, and, and um, you know, things have come up, emotional things. I don't know if I talked about the dog thing at all. I don't think so. Why don't you tell us what happened with the dog? And so in Maine, it got too cold and wet to camp. And uh, I mean, I could have still camped, but I had a wicked UTI, and camping is challenging enough in the cold and wet. And you knew that way ahead of me because you were like, I'm really concerned. It's going to get very cold. I'm like, I'm not worried about it. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a one track mind. I just wanted to study, study, study. Mm. I had to figure out this new stream of income. And, um, so I was, I was studying a lot and I didn't want to spend time. I don't like to pack up a wet tent. I, I hate that. And I just started sleeping in my car. And I think I did that for like three weeks. And, um, you know, it's not at all what you picture when you set on on something like no. this. You're like, I can, um, uh, but it's not my preference. Mm-hmm. But then you just you make peace with it, and it's like it's you the adapt. most. You do. I totally am really good at adapting. And it's like I think anybody else, if they would have seen me doing that, would have been like, Sherry, what the fuck, you know? Sorry, <laughs> sensitive ears. But, um, like, <laughs> this is not what you wanted to do. But you know what? At that time, like, I just really wanted to study and really want to get through the course and learn to day trade and swing trade and um, be able to replace that income. Because uh, for the record, like I saw that Amazon FBA was not working the way it had in the past. And that was my main source of income. Right. And uh, now people are confirming like, yeah, that ship has sailed. It's they've changed things up and it's not coming back the way it was. So I'm really uh, it's nice to have the validation that my instincts were right and I needed to shut that down. Um, but it meant I had to hit the ground running with the, the new stream of income. So, anyway, yeah, I was looking back, like I was making choices as far as my health goes. You were like, why do you want to stay in Maine for like a month? <laughs> and in my mind, well, if,
1: I was thinking the whole time, like, when is she going south? Like, when is she going right? south? You want to stay in Maine for my surgery, which at that time they had said mid November, but because of my radioactive iodine yeah. treatment, they had to push it a couple of weeks. But, like, I'm thinking that's a really long time. It's going to get cold yeah. and, yeah. yeah, mom
0: too. So, like, you're just wired that way, whereas I'm more like, you know, not <laughs> 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 moment at a time, moment to moment. So, um, yeah, that was the other thing. Like, okay, so I wanted to be alone. Right. I didn't want to go visit people. Once I got to Maine, I wanted to be alone. I saw my, my cousin Chris and his wife, and that was it um, right away when I first got there, the first day. So then I just wanted to study, 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 and, um, and then be up here for your surgery because it was a double surgery and that yeah. was a big deal. And it's like, you've come through so much. I had to be here for that. So that's why, you know, it's snowy outside and I'm still here. Cause I needed to see that through and make sure everything mm-hmm. was okay. And, you know, being so close to Rosemary too, it's like, yeah. God, if anything happened, like I should mm-hmm. worry so much for that kid. So you guys are super close. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just can't imagine. So, um, yeah, to you know, just not making good choices, you know, having a bad UTI and trying to, you know, work that out myself and just you know eat clean and stuff. But the stress and then the hives and <laughs> all of that—it's just.
1: Uh, I think you said you started journaling.
0: I did. Uh, yeah. Oh, so the dog thing. Yeah, thank you for steering that back. So uh, actually, I wasn't. I had been thinking about my mom earlier in the day about how, you know, a lot of times uh, I just remember like negative things. And there were some things that she did right uh, with us as kids. Um, She really hammered home um, manners and thank you notes and um, sending cards to people when they were sick. We did that a lot. And all of those have come back to me as an adult And I thought about the fact that when I went to Chicago in 1989 uh, for a modeling contract, that she bought a bottle of champagne for me and my new roommates. We were all like the agency set us up in a hotel. She bought a bottle of champagne for me to take with me for whoever got the first modeling job, our first paying job. We'd crack open that champagne and celebrate. And it ended up being me because they were all straight-sized models. And oddly enough, there were only plus modeling was just kind of taking off and there were only five of us in the whole city. Okay. So I, I worked a lot and they didn't, they didn't work. So, um, but you know, so she sent that and I, and looking back, like that was a pretty cool thing for her to do. You know, she had a lot of other, you know, issues surrounding it. Like, What usually sticks out in my mind is that she, you know, pulled me aside and said, everyone wants you to fail. Everyone here wants you to fail. I'm the only one that wants you to succeed, which was a lie. Mm -hmm. But it was how she would get close to people. Because she has borderline personality Mm -hmm. disorder, undiagnosed. And so I tend to remember those things instead of the good things, you know, that she did. And um, so I've been thinking about that earlier in the day. And then as I was... Falling asleep that night, um, I was thinking about mean teachers that I had in grade school. With ADHD, my first grade teacher was the one that pretty much demanded that I be put on medication, so they put me on Ritalin. Um, My fourth grade teacher did not like me either. Um, It was really just those two. uh, There was uh, a PE teacher that was really should not have been a teacher, in my opinion, either. Um, but I was a very sensitive kid Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about not only the teachers and, but also the bus, like, and maybe this will resonate with someone out there, but, um, the bus can be a harsh place and it's a bubble that I think maybe parents are more aware of today than they were back then. It was the Mm -hmm. seventies. Um, I had a kid that called me toad every day because it rhymed with my last name, which was Rhodes. Um, so that was a little, um, you know, every day I got punched a little bit there, you know, just like emotionally. Um, My bus driver couldn't stand me. All I can figure is that it was because I was kind of like Rosemary. I was very hyper and talked a lot and kind of bounced around a lot because I had ADHD. So, um, you know, but I remember thinking like, why did they hate me? Um, Mm. There was a, An older kid, a big family lived across the road from us. And the the oldest son, he hardly ever rode the bus. But like one of the times that he did, I remember having kind of a crush on him. Uh, He said something to the bus driver when he was getting off the bus about running me over. And I was just like, I've never even had a conversation with him. And he hates me enough to want to run me over. Like stuff like that really hurt me. So every day I was dealing with that whole bus crap. And then there were the years that I had a teacher that didn't like me either. And I just really loved um, playing with my friends at recess. And I loved art and anything to do with like play, you know. But most of school was pretty boring and painful for me. So um, I watched my dog be run over by the bus. And, you know, I had thought about this plenty of times over the years. I mean, it's been over 40 years ago. Um, and farm life, you know, that's part of it. You see a lot of animals be born and die and that's just, that just goes hand in hand. But, um, it was the fact that I hadn't, if I had been home thinking about this, if I'd been in Chicago, I might've, you know, sighed and just redirected my attention. I might've eaten something or talked to Gabe or played with the dog or whatever and it would have been gone I never would have dealt with it but because it was me sleeping in my car in Maine <laughs> in the cold in the cold and the rain which I was luckily I've never like had been cold cold in my car but I have a good setup where it's it's really cozy um but I let myself feel all of it And the person I was most upset with was myself because I had left my dog to die in the road, which anybody who knows me and dogs, I know, like I can't believe it either. But that was what was so bad about it was that because I was afraid of my mother's wrath, if I did not get on that bus and go to school, like I was supposed to, I let my dog die in the road, which meant like she did not allow me to be the person that I truly was. Mm -hmm. And, The bus driver never apologized to me, never even acknowledged it. The principal's office had to call her at the bus barn. Uh, My friend walked me to the principal's office when we got to school and I called my mother and told her what happened. And she said she'd go. And um, there was another puppy that was with him, um, uh, his brother. So, uh, and he was fine, but I left them both just there and got on the bus with my brother and you know, the principal's office, they didn't really say anything to me. No teacher came and talked to me. Um, my dad, I remember vaguely a conversation with him, like, where I was saying, like, I felt so bad because I'd been, I felt like I'd been mean to the, that dog. I've blocked out his name. I can't believe I've blocked out his name, but I have. That's how bad it was. Um, I felt like I, because I had, he'd been trying to get into the orchard in the morning, where my playhouse was, and I had not let him follow me and had shut him, and I felt like that was mean on the last day that I knew him. And my dad was like, no, no, you didn't know. So my mother would make jokes about it um, as the months went on and um, say like, oh, I went down there and he was dead as a doornail or he was stone cold dead, you know, and stuff like that. And I, uh, I just, I got really cruel. sick of hearing yeah, her take on that because it was, it was my dog and, and I felt bad enough about it. Sorry. It's okay. So having a mentally ill parent and knowing that uh, at times I couldn't be my true self because I was afraid of, like, what I was going to have to deal with if things didn't go the way she wanted them to, um, that still really upsets me and pisses me off. I mean, that I would let my dog die in the road Um, and not even comfort the other dog, you know. So I used to be a hypnotherapist, and um, that night after I cried for an hour in the car about this dog that died over 40 years ago, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. They taught us in school and I'm going to rewrite this. And I'm going to send my grown self back. And she's going to advocate for me in this whole thing. We're just going to rewrite it. Because basically, you don't remember it ever the same again. You're, you're not going to remember, if you do it right, you're not going to remember the original memory by itself again. You'll always remember the overlay as well. So I sent myself back and... Sat with myself on the road with the dog and just comforted him while he died, comforted the other dog, carried him back up to the house, buried him, and my adult self put my mother in her place and told her to back off and that I had been through enough and she never let her joke about it, and that was what I needed. And obviously, it's still painful for me. but um you know it, this it's just it it never would have come up like that had I just been at home, but because I've been out by myself so much because of these travels and uh, just so much solitude and um having the luxury, <laughs> if you want to call it that, of allowing myself to feel all of that mm-hmm. and really relive it and really examine, like, who was an asshole in this situation? Quite a number of people were. Mm -hmm. I was 10, nine, I was nine. Mm -hmm. Shit, it was third grade, I was eight. And I had wondered over the years and had been suggested by friends that something that had been abused or something in the third grade, because I have no memories of it. I have one memory from third grade and I had a really great teacher that year Super nice, probably the nicest teacher I ever had. But I couldn't remember third grade, and I think it's because of this. It was just such a black cloud over that whole year. So, you know, I mean, I totally forgive my mother. She had a mental illness. She still does. She did the best she could. You know, I forgave everybody. I forgave the bus driver. She was an old battle axe. She never liked me, but, you know, she was doing the best she could. I'm sure her job was no picnic. Um... Have you forgiven yourself? Yeah, that was the big one. I forgave myself because, um, I, again, I was the one I was most upset with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you don't leave a dog to die in the road by himself or with his brother. It's not right. But um, I did the best that I could in those circumstances because I can guarantee you my mother would have been awful about it had I not gotten on that bus. And as a child, you, you know, you're. You have no
1: power. Yeah. You know, you're, you're submitted to all the adults, all the authority around you, you know. So you and your eight or nine-year-old self, I mean, you were just trying to get by yourself. Yeah. You know, and uh, you can't, yeah, you're not to blame in that situation at all. But it's, yeah, a hard, a hard thing to look back on yeah i found uh also um was starting to journal and uh, also you know trying to in in trying to uh not eat my emotions Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting all this old stuff that keeps Mm. creeping up that it's just so surprising You know, I surprise myself all the time while I'm writing, just like, wow, that's really what I'm thinking. (laughs) Like, it's so random and Mm. far away. Like, I dealt with that years ago, but clearly I didn't deal with it well enough, you know, I didn't, because it's still bothering me now. And, um, interesting, like you, uh, you know, in, in making peace with the death of your dog, um, you know, I I I've had conflict with some people over the years that I've cut out of my life, and uh, you know, looking back at 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 my role in all of that, because at the time and even up until just recently, it was only I was only ever focused on them on what they did, and I never really looked at well, what did what did I do in that, yeah. you know, and in dealing with my responsibility in each one of these situations. And in some and uh, some situations, the complete opposite situations where I have felt like I, I was totally at, at fault and, you know, really examining the situation, realizing that, you know, I, I was, I, I, I had no power there
2: yeah. and I
1: was just doing the best that I could. And, uh, it's been quite a journey going through all of this. It's, uh, I mean, you, you're experiencing it with all of the solitude, all of, uh. You know, dealing with all of these things that come come to mind because this is it. Is that when you allow yourself to get to a place where it's totally silent, mm-hmm. you know, then you have to deal with yourself. Yeah. And uh, this is, I think, the problem with how I led my life before and just with society in general is that we never allow ourselves to get to the place of silence where we can really yeah. deal with our emotions.
0: Yeah. At home, I would have been watching TV. I'm sure. Yeah. Would have I. Would it have even been a conscious pie? It would have been just really on the fringe of my subconscious. Like I would mm-hmm. have just waved it away. Right. And, and, of course, there's part of me that's afraid because <laughs> I've only been out here three months, you know? Like there's more and yeah. it's coming. <laughs> it is coming. You should invest in Kleenex stocks.
1: <laughs> At least you'll make yourself some money. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, it's like, I want to do the rest of the trip. I want the year. I asked for a year. And, like, that's kind of in the back of my mind. Like, that's why, because you need that yeah. to heal in it's many different ways. A year of healing. Yeah. For us both. Yeah, I mean, what's this? <laughs> this episode has been all, uh, all kinds of good stuff, but yeah. raw nomadic lens. Well... I don't know. We know that I'm gonna have to change the logo up a little bit because I realized while I was up here, oh, a green cross is actually a symbol for weed. <laughs> so
1: we're not I don't think either of us are really against so weed. I'm not like, against
0: it, but I've never enjoyed it, so yeah, we're we're not sitting here smoking the fatty while we're this, chatting. This is like episode <laughs> ten or something. Somebody out there is like <laughs> When is she going to talk about the weed? She never talks about the weed. That's because I didn't know.
1: Wow. You just lost your four other listeners. I,
0: right. <laughs> and then there was one.
1: <laughs> I will still listen. Except to this one. I
0: don't like to listen to myself. <laughs> well, I'm really, really glad you agreed to do this. I think we both were kind of putting it off until, well, the very last the night. The very last day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, well, I still believe nine times out of ten we can heal ourselves.
1: Yeah. I, it
0: may not be um, just with food. In fact, I would recommend it's on more than one level. Yes.
1: Well, even with cancer, I still believe that you can heal yourself with cancer. I think uh, uh, with raw food, I just feel like I didn't have the time, um, like it was too advanced. Yeah. Even though, like, I mean, I've seen it. I like, I've seen people be healed from stage four cancer. Yeah. Um, But I think uh, I didn't have the faith. I didn't have the faith that it would work. And that's uh, interesting. I was too nervous to take that risk Mm -hmm. and just felt like it would be irresponsible to trust, Mm -hmm.
0: to trust that it would work. Isn't that funny? We are on very different journeys yet. That is, remember I said faith my faith has become so much stronger faith in myself Mm -hmm. faith that it will work out faith that I am guided and protected and it, things are working out. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it like over and over and over again. And when you do take away all of those distractions of television, granted, I'm still on my phone a lot, but it's just, you need that quiet. Yeah. And then the faith comes. It's true. Totally true cool it's gonna be a good year it is yeah
1: (laughs) well for me i i mean your year started in august i feel like my year started december 30th Mm with that diagnosis i feel like i my year is coming to a close and you know i know that at the end of this year on december 30th i'm i'm not going to be in remission i still have treatment ahead of me but like probably by the end of january i think it'll it'll be over You know, and it'll just be focusing on getting my energy back to where it should be. Though, I mean, like, my energy is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But um, getting it back to rock star level. Yeah.
0: (laughs) To my uh, hiking, trekking levels. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Yeah, I still think it's interesting that, I mean, when we were out hiking one day, I said, I made the comment, like, you're an athlete. Like a lot of people would never guess it, but you absolutely are. And even you denied it. Like, yeah,
1: I don't feel like an athlete. I just I do enjoy being
0: outside. You're though. like I mean, to have that good pace and endurance while having chemo was really um, yeah, impressive. So just imagine once that's all lifted.
1: Watch out world. Woo! <laughs> Here I come driving a 10-year-old behind me. <laughs> No, she'll probably be running ahead, screaming, scaring off the uh.
0: <laughs> She's good at that, huh? She's really, she has a gift. <laughs> Bless your heart. All right. Well, until next time. Ciao. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for this time. I mean, you could have done a lot of different things with it, but I'm glad that you're here. And I'm very grateful that Kara's going to be okay and that we're all moving forward. Yes.